Hello, thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Please join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. Hey there, Liberty listeners. Here we are again for another session. We're so excited this week to be with two people. We're here with Jen Boshma and Annie Walker of Tribe of Dreamers. This week is a slightly different story. Uh, Instead of talking about uh, a business that is thriving and moving forward, we're talking about a platform that is thriving, but moving into two separate independent businesses. And we're going to talk about Annie and Jen's relationship and how they really are handling a breakup well, because this business is breaking up a little bit, ladies, but in a good way, right? Yes, it's in a very good way. And it's not actually a breakup. Yeah, okay. I, would, I would say we're not breaking up. We're just um, moving forward in different Are you directions. dating other people? We're, we're dating we're ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so this will all be clear, listeners. Hang, hang tight. This will all be clear in just a second. But in all seriousness, you guys have a business, Tribe of Dreamers, which is a mm-hmm. jewelry uh, business that um, you're going to hang on to that platform because really your thing has been um, to highlight people who are doing well or doing things um, in the in the world to make a difference. And so mm-hmm. you're going to continue to do that. And you mm-hmm. guys will tell us a little bit about that. But it's come kind of to a place where you've decided to go your separate ways, continuing to support one another, but to have these independent businesses. So we want to talk about um, the, really the partnership and how you've been able to do this so well. I think you guys have uh, a lot to share with us in terms of finding partners and in terms of what do we do when we come to the end mm-hmm. of a kind of concept uh, or or a brand and it needs to morph into something else? But before we do that, tell us a little bit about what you guys do or did before Tribe of Dreamers. Annie, do you want to go first? Yeah. I was um, – hi, Annie here. I was actually a pastry chef. Annie Walker. Annie Walker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <That's right. laughs> Um, I was actually a pastry chef, and I owned a wedding cake business in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I, I had gone to culinary school and had worked under a cake designer in New York for a few years and then decided to branch out on my own and start my own business. But A really reputable cake. I mean, you, you always kind of forget to mention, like, she was at the highest level, the highest culinary level when she was in New York. So don't, don't, don't leave that part out. It's important. <laughs> Um, so I, I started this wedding cake business alone and that was a big mistake. Um, cause I, it was, it's just hard and it's lonely. And, um, I was doing everything by myself and I got really burnt out within the first three or four years. Uh, so I decided to let go of my business and move to LA and I was, I was trying to find something that I could dig into again. Like I remember having a conversation with myself saying like what did I used to love to do before this other thing consumed my life and I've always loved jewelry and I always love working with my hands so I took an intensive jewelry design course for a couple months and just fell in love with it and then I moved to LA and was trying to figure out what that was going to look like okay and before you get to how you guys met Mm -hmm. so then Jen tell us your story um, Jen, Jen Boshma. Jen uh-huh, Boshma yeah. here. <laughs> um, and so my story has been a little bit more winding. Um, right, out, I went to Pepperdine right out of college. I worked in nonprofit, and then I thought I wanted to be an actress for a little bit. And um, when I I wasn't feeling very fulfilled, so I just took a jewelry class randomly and ended up falling in love with it. So I started. I stopped acting and started my own company called Lark and Minnow, mm-hmm. which we maybe sold a total of 20, 20 things total. It was very small. Um, and then I um, started doing jewelry for nonprofits. And what does that mean, doing jewelry for nonprofits? So, um, so I had friends at a nonprofit called Reach Out Worldwide. Okay. And um, their whole mission is to. Um, provide international uh, aid anytime there's a natural disaster. So um, they knew that I did jewelry really small, you know, and my friend was like, hey, do you think you can make some leather bracelets for us that we could sell? And I was like, 100% absolutely. And 
I did the first run and then they sold very well. So then I just kept, I started doing So them. you were creating jewelry so that they could raise money. Yes. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. But it was a, and the jewelry was only bought on those websites or that website? Yeah. Or? It was okay. all on their online um, store. Okay. So I also, I, so at that point I was living in a little cabin in Silver Lake and I was making all of the pieces on my kitchen table. And um, I also got to the point where I was really burned out and I didn't want to do it by myself anymore. Mm. And I just felt... Um, really lonely, and it didn't feel like it was something that I wanted to continue on by myself. And so then how did you guys meet? You're both in this space where you don't want to continue to go alone. You're doing jewelry to some degree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've taken the class, and you had Larkin Minnow. How do you guys meet? In a bar. In a bar. We're all good things <laughs> happen. Everything about this story is really a dating story. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It's all about dating, it guys. Um, mm -hmm. Hold out. Um, so, uh, so I was on a blind date. Um, and that went badly if you met Annie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a very nice guy. He was okay. so sweet. Okay. He came down from Santa Barbara and took me to Mexican food. It was so sweet. Um, we didn't end up really, we hung out one other time and it didn't really go anywhere. But when he went to the bathroom, um, I was feeling like, very zippy and in date mode. So I started chatting with the girl who was sitting next to me at the bar. That was me. And I was gosh. having a drink with a girlfriend. I'd literally just moved to the city maybe a month and a half or two months before. And so a friend of mine and I were like, let's just go see your neighborhood and see what's around. Um, so we ended up at this Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And Jen and I started chatting. And it was one of those crazy things where it was like, I, we need to hang out. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't, like, there's just something. I mean, she's obviously a very endearing person. Aww, sure. Likewise. But, <laughs> but um, there was just something where it was like, we need yeah. to hang out. I felt like I was looking in a mirror in mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like... So what was the conversation? Yeah, it was it really was so quick. Short. But it like with we covered a lot of ground. We we realized that we both loved traveling, we both made jewelry, and we both lived in Silver Lake. So we're like We literally lived like two blocks from each other. Yeah, so we're like, oh, we wow. need to hang out. Like, I don't know, let's just exchange numbers. So honestly, when the sweet chap came back from the bathroom, we we're like exchanging numbers. The sweet chap. Yeah. That sounds like uh, something you don't want to be called. No, <laughs> yeah. Bless his heart. Bless his sweetheart. Um and uh we ended up meeting up for coffee a couple days later later mm -hmm. um and at the end of our coffee date we decided to start the company together so we literally were complete strangers mm -hmm. but we knew that we had the same heart like mm -hmm. it, it just was so apparent that we we both wanted to do to use jewelry to do something beautiful in the world did you know what that meant partnerships did you know what yeah. do having jewelry do something good in the world meant did you know what the no, business model would be? No. Did you know who you would work with? Oh, no. Did you, okay. Not, no. No. Okay. For me, it was yeah. it was always this, like, kind of up in the clouds idea of wanting to do something and make a difference in the world, but using my gifts mm -hmm. and not just being a missionary somewhere and mm -hmm. still making an impact. And I, I tried with cakes, but I could never really bridge that gap. And then this girl is sitting across from me basically saying the same thing. And I was like, yeah. right, there's more of you out there? Yeah, yeah totally. Me too. I was like, this is, like, amazing. Like, mm -hmm. I've been, like, praying for some, you know, like, this is so And great. it happened. And it totally happened. Yeah. So yeah. when you were thinking about the jewelry to change the world, were mm -hmm. you thinking about we're going to create pieces and sell these pieces and the money, the proceeds, that's how a lot of these social impact mm. models look. Yeah. The money from the sale of these items then goes to A, B, or C nonprofit. Mm -hmm. You guys, I don't think you did that. No. I, from what I know, you didn't do that, but I don't know if you started out doing that. No. So no. what did you do? Not at all. It, the beauty of how we started is we were strangers. We were starting this unknown thing for us and we didn't have we didn't fully know what it was going to look like yeah so like we're getting to know each other as we're building this literally we would have conversations at, on her kitchen table and be like okay what do you want to do today for tribe oh where are you from yeah <laughs> I'd be like do you have any brothers or sisters like that was and then it would be like okay so what do we want our logo to look like like it was so organic right. so you know? we had just happened upon the contact in Wait, I have to ask oh. a question. Would yeah. any would either one of you have described yourself as a risk taker or before this? 100%. Okay. So this yeah. is not unusual for your personalities. No. Right. Okay. Like I remember okay. telling my mom that I met this girl and a few days ago and we decided to go and she was kind of like, "Cool. Oh yeah. Are you? Oh yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, yeah. you know, this is a really big deal. Do you know what you're doing? And Are it's we like, sure? 
<laughs> yeah, but it just felt like a hard thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, no, I no, interrupted, no, no. but no, I think yeah. it's important for people to understand. Like that's part of who you guys are. Yeah. You were yeah. willing to take that risk. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. So we had just kind of happened upon the PR girl for Tyler Not Gregson, who's this incredible poet who does a lot of stuff on Instagram. Um, and it was as we were trying to figure out the vision for Tribe, we were like, well, we do know we want to put inspirational words on things, and we want people to feel, like, motivated to do what they love to make a difference in the world. We knew that much. Mm -hmm. It's kind of your tagline, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, do what you love to end what you hate. That really is, like, the core. Do what you love to end what you hate. That really Mm -hmm. is the core Mm -hmm. of what, what we've always... Yeah. yeah, wanted to do. So then we we literally shot like a blind email to this chick and was like, hey, we have no products. We don't really have a company yet, but this is what we oh. want to do. We don't even have a website. And he had met her at a clothing exchange. Like it was so mm-hmm. serendipitous and just kind of crazy. Yeah. And but we were like, we would love to partner with Tyler and put some of his words on some jewelry. And so she sent it to Tyler and Tyler was like, oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. I 100% remember that moment. Mm-hmm. It was like, And he's not here. He's not in L.A. He's, he's in Montana. Montana. He's in Montana. Yeah. So you guys had to, well, I'll, I'll wait until you tell the story. So he yeah. says, yes, I'll do this. Yes. Yeah. So that's how we launched, which was amazing. But then after, and we started working with, like Jen said, Reach Out Worldwide. We brought them on. And, and Reach Out Worldwide, for those who don't know, is oh, a what? Disaster Relief Organization. Okay. That was the one, Yeah. That you mentioned that them a little bit earlier. I had been working with them independently before. So they, okay. were, they were the first nonprofit that we just That you were doing in. the leather bracelets with. Yes, I okay. was doing it separately, and then we brought it in under the tribe okay. wing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we were like, okay, so we have the nonprofit aspect. We have inspirational poet. And it just kind of morph in, morphed into, like, well, what? Like, how do we, like, define this more? Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm speeding this up a bit. But then it turned yeah. into, like, no, we primarily want to work with nonprofits create a piece for them so that they can help them tell their story and it'll help donate to their cause. And practically speaking, did that meant that those items were sold on their sites or were they sold on your website? Both. Yeah, both. Both. In all cases. Uh, Well, we started doing like some private label stuff as well. Okay. Um, So we really, like what we really did was um, we wanted to focus on the client and what was best for them and what their needs were. So we kind of let them dictate as much or as little as they would like to be associated with us. Okay. But it could be sold on your site. That was an option. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you guys had really a retail platform. Mm -hmm. People could come and shop from Tribe of Dreamers collection. And if it so happened to help a particular organization, great. Versus if they went through the organization, it was probably more prompted by their support of that organization. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So it became a collective of all these great organizations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would you say um, changed for you guys? I want to start to transition Mm -hmm. a little bit here. You had this great platform that you built. You guys are kindred spirits. Things seem to be going well. You're doing the thing you set out to do. What started to feel like there was something missing, and I'll ask you this time, oh, Jen. First. That's so good. Um, so it's interesting. I think so much of our story has just been very organic from the beginning to end. So um, for me, it started. Um, I had a friend that uh, was getting married, and she reached out to me and was like, "I know you do jewelry for these nonprofits. Um, would you do a wedding ring for me?" And that was always my personal dream from way back before in the Larkin Minnow days. Like, that was the ultimate for me. Mm. So when she reached out, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is my chance. I would love to. So um, I made a piece for her. And it actually, it's interesting because we'll probably talk chat about it later. But we ended up, um, we went to Africa to help create jobs for women yeah, with yeah. you. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> but um, at the same moment that we were fl- on the plane flying to Africa, the... Um, the piece of jewelry was flying to Atlanta, where she was. You showed me a picture of this piece. It had, like, leaves. Yeah, so, yes. it was feathers. It was based off of, like, yes. their... Sorry, um, feathers. Yeah, it, yeah. no, it kind of looked like these, but it had feathers because it was based off of their favorite painting that was, like, really symbolic for their okay. relationship. So we brought that in. But um, Which is amazing because the whole Africa, when we first yes. had the, the first meeting, it was a feather. Remember uh, those feathers in my chills. office? Yes! Yeah. Oh, you're telling okay. me chills. So that really was, like, the... I guess kind of like the little spark for me mm-hmm. um, of getting to do that experience and really loving it. And 
originally when we were trying to figure out what tribe was going to be and as we're growing and like as it's developing, we were thinking that maybe that would be like a branch of what Tribe of Dreamers So there would be wedding rings. So we'd be doing wedding rings. Because I think in Africa, we actually spent a minute with a woodcarver. Yes. Who was maybe Mm going to do some wooden boxes, right? Yeah, he was going to do custom, which maybe that will still happen down the line. Yeah. um, And then as, like, we continued to, like, move on in our journeys and stuff, I was really becoming, like, very passionate about wedding rings Mm -hmm. and also feeling like, as an artist, I missed having something that was just completely mine mm-hmm. um, and just having complete ownership over it. And also kind of the risk as well, like we kind of talked about risk before, like taking the risk of, of doing something that's just only yours with only your name on it. Um, so that was kind of happening as some other things were happening with Annie, which I'll let her yeah. share. Mm-hmm. So what was um, happening with you at the time? Well, I was... And you guys weren't talking about this. It was just sort of... Starting it was just kind to happen, yeah. Happening, okay. and yeah. We were getting other, we were getting other wedding ring clients, and it was kind of like I was just naturally doing that, and then Annie okay. was naturally handling other stuff, and it just kind mm-hmm. of okay happened. Okay, and I yeah. was, I I kept toying with the idea of starting up wedding cakes again, just mm-hmm. like just for fun, and again the same kind of thing, like having my own like creative outlet, my own like calling all the shots, like, and I started missing it, which was really great. Mm-hmm. Um. I left because I was sober and out and I was pretty much running on fumes and, and it, it brought something out in me to be able to say like, no, I'm like excited to do this again. Yeah. And then I went on a little self retreat. Um, she did. It was probably like two months ago. I don't yeah. remember. Um, and cause I felt like I was just in this place where it was like, what does my life look like outside of tribe? Like what, what are the like mm-hmm. core things that I want? Like kind of like hitting reset again a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and I came back and I was like, so Jen, I really want to start this other jewelry line that's so, so opposite of Tribe. Um, because when I started doing jewelry, I was brand new at it. And mm-hmm. um, I think I've started to develop my own like personal style in it, which has been really cool. And so I, I mean, I pretty much came and I was like, I pretty much have this whole line mm-hmm. that I've basically designed. And I would love to do home goods as well. Um, and so through that conversation, I don't know if you want to get into this. Yeah. Yeah. Through that conversation, it was such like, Jen was so in doing Mm -hmm. her fine jewelry and her, I mean, she's talking about, and then I had this new vision and this new, this passion. And we, we literally both sat at our work table and we're like, same kitchen table, same kitchen table. Uh huh. And we're like, okay, so your heart is there and my heart's really here. Where does that leave tribe? Yeah. How how hard was it for you guys to have that conversation given how connected you are as business partners, but more importantly as friends? How was that? Were you concerned? Were you nervous? It wasn't a conversation that any of us knew we were walking into. Yeah. I literally had, had just come back from a hike. Like I, we, it was just going to be like a normal Monday. Mm-hmm. I was going to hear about Annie's retreat in Santa Barbara and, you know, I don't think either of us were expecting it. No. So. Um, but when it came out, I think, the hardest part, honestly, it was, oh my gosh, yeah. I can't believe this is happening. We're having this, co- like, this is happening. Yeah, like, where did this even come from? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, we weren't expecting it mm-hmm. at all. Did it feel like um, a sh- kind of a weight off your shoulders? Did it feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was something that I had been carrying, and now that we've huh. kind of, it's gotten some airtime, I feel good. That's an interesting question. Well, how would you answer that? I don't know. I don't know. I would yes and no. Yeah, I think maybe I would say the same. So it's like the, the beginning, it was like, oh my gosh, what does this mean for my life? This is a huge, this is how I define myself. Like if mm-hmm. tribe doesn't exist, like, hi, oh, that's really heavy. Um, but then it also felt kind of exciting too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it felt like there was a lot of peace in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Like it was a very peaceful kind of like chatting through stuff, you know. Well, we'll so. wait until the second half of the interview, but I'm going to ask you more specifically about that conversation, how you might help other people navigate either going into a partnership and anticipating when mm-hmm. things change and also people who might be wanting to get out of a partnership. But before we go to that that second segment, um, tell me a little bit more about why you didn't think the things that you were wanting to create could exist within Tribe. You you both said we were kind of artists who'd had our own thing, who were aching to go 
have mm-hmm. full and total control. But earlier in the conversation, you also said we had our own businesses and yeah. we didn't want to work alone. <laughs> so what changed? What what informed this new decision and why did it somehow trump the history of working alone was exhausting and I didn't want to do that. So I found a business partner. What changed? Well, I think both of us learned so much with Tribe mm-hmm. and are continuing to learn uh, as it forms into what it's going to be. Um, but like when I was doing cakes alone, I was alone, alone. And then had Jen, which is incredible. And she's such a gift. Mm. And now doing this by myself again, it's not, I'm not alone. Yeah. Because I've learned, I've learned that you can't isolate yourself and you can't be totally alone in this. But like, I know now surround yourself with people, have your core people that you can like bounce Mm -hmm. ideas off of and call in for help or anything like that. So you and I had talked before the podcast about there's a difference between being independent and being alone. Mm -hmm. And how do you as an entrepreneur have this independent idea that you grow, but you're not necessarily alone. You surround yourself with people who can support the idea, support you in the idea, whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. so it sounds like that's been the biggest difference. Yeah. And was the learning, uh, aside from personal, was it also from a business end? Did you learn a lot about how you would restructure a business or develop a brand or come up with ideas for clients through the tribe experience? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you couldn't see as we both were looking at each other. We're yes. like, who, who wants to take this one? Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't you take it, Jen? Okay. So I'm sorry. What was the question? Like more specific. So just what, what made you feel or what makes you feel like the experience with Tribe mm-hmm. is something that is informing, has educated you in this next step? Like, you're, yeah. You went from I don't want to work alone yeah. to I'm working with somebody to, oh, gosh, I actually think I do want to be independent. Again, mm-hmm. we won't say alone. So what? how do you look at this time with Tribe as having informed this new space that you're in? Yeah, I know we chatted about this a little bit yeah. before, too. Um, I feel like, honestly, it's been three years, and I feel like a mm-hmm. completely different person hmm. than when I started and where I am now. And... Um, as like I consider myself a business owner now, an entrepreneur. Before, mm-hmm. it, I think um, joy for me was so wrapped up in um, like my own personal stuff. Like it was such an expression of my heart, which is beautiful if that's harnessed in a way mm-hmm. that is good. But mm-hmm. it was um, for me, it was it was so difficult to separate myself from what I was creating that I didn't feel confident in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what I learned through tribe and having Annie, who's so wonderful is to like have someone else to bounce ideas off of where you just like again and again, you feel like kind of validated in what you're doing. Um, and I think that's helped me grow, um, just not only in like my own self-confidence, but in how I develop pieces, um, and even the things that we can create, um, in a lot of ways, Tribe of Dreamers was a playground for connecting us with different vendors and um, people who could do castings and 3D renderings and all of the th- all of the people that I need in order to make a really beautiful wedding ring. Um, when before Tribe of Dreamers, I was literally trying to do everything by myself, um, which is just impossible. It's interesting to think so. of you guys as both risk takers, which we uh, kind of identified early on in the conversation, but that it really was working together that Mm -hmm. allowed you to take even bigger risks Mm -hmm. to really dream up what tribe could be. Absolutely. It's like you were supporting each other in that just enough to give each other what you needed to then go out and do your respective businesses. Well, no, it's interesting. And I remember a conversation, it's probably a year and a half ago. I don't know if you guys will remember this. And you were talking about, I see myself as an entrepreneur and a business Mm -hmm. owner. Do you know what I'm about to say? No, Uh, I don't know. um, And we were sitting in my old office in DTLA Mm -hmm. and um, I got a little emotional. Do you remember this? And I said, we were talking about, we were talking about numbers. We were talking about manufacturing numbers. Yeah. And you guys said something about um, kind of this is new to us. We're just trying to like change the world through jewelry or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. If you have this gift, mm. you have to own it and be responsible and act like 
big girls Mm -hmm. and business owners and put this into the hands of people that can change Mm -hmm. the world with you. Like you, you can't, it's not just up to you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a burden that you have to carry for a bigger reason. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that conversation? A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm getting kind of misty right now. Yeah. And (laughs) it, it, well, it's just interesting. I mean, it was, it was, it was a year and a half ago. Um, and it's interesting to come back now and hear you say like, yeah, like I have something that mm-hmm. I want to offer and Tribe allowed me to build that muscle um, along with Annie, along mm-hmm. with my... And along with you and every, mm-hmm. like... Well, so many and people, And so many people right? that we've gotten to work with and collaborate with and because of Tribe. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I, it opened so many doors that I would never have had if I was by myself. So I think this is interesting because people are listening, thinking you go into a business relationship and you're kind of working really hard to make that relationship work as you intended. But I think what's great about your story is you guys held on pretty loosely, whether you knew you were or not. Mm. And, and it allowed the business to be what it needed to be. And what it needed to be, as we discussed, is Tribe isn't really going anywhere. It's just not selling jewelry anymore. Mm-hmm. Tribe is still going to, as a platform, highlight stories of people who are doing good. And tell me your tagline again. I, Using what you love to end what you hate. Yeah, so you yeah. will continue to highlight people who use what they love to end what they hate, To people who do what they love to end what they hate, right? Yeah. That's not changed. That hasn't Mm-mm. changed. No. So in essence, the very thing you were creating, not through jewelry anymore, yeah. but through through your storytelling will continue to exist and, and hopefully to thrive and hopefully to highlight so many other people. So does that fe- did that feel intentional that you were holding on loosely, that you were like, I don't know where this is going, but let's just go along for the ride? Or, or was it, oh, did you feel like you were fighting that a little bit? We... I don't, I don't think it was intentional, no. but we definitely, like, I can remember a handful of checkpoints along the way the past three years where we were like, okay, vision, this is what we want. We do, we would do that at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would kind of help, like, navigate. navigate and keep some of that structure in there. But, yeah, I don't think it was intentional to, no. to keep it so loose. But it sounds like it's good advice. I mean, <laughs> you've led by yeah. example oh, whether oh, you intended you. to do it or not. I think thank just you. sometimes... You want to have, you want to be focused and have a vision, and you want, um, you want to be intentional. But if I think most really successful entrepreneurs, when you talk to them, they say it was their ab- ability to pivot mm, that yeah. made all the difference. And Absolutely. for you guys, pivoting was pivoting into two things: your respective businesses, but also into what tribe of dreamers really perhaps needed to become, which was yeah. a storytelling platform. And mm-hmm. it really, and it's, I feel like now it's, it's the same mission, but it's just in its purest form. Yeah. So we really, like our heart is, is the same and always will be the same. Um, and in a way now we're just helping to highlight the people who are doing beautiful things in the world uh, without any kind of ulterior motive of like, but now buy this jewelry or sure. do anything else. Yeah. It really you, is it just frees you guys up. And then you get to pick people that don't necessarily need jewelry. Totally. Right? Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I just think you're awesome and I love what you guys uh-huh. are doing. That's yeah. cool. And you guys had talked about, um, and we can't wait for this to actually launch, but you're going to be doing a 12 video series over the course of a year kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, we're really excited for it. I yeah. don't know if we should share what it is right now or keep it Can you it just a give us like one little thing to anticipate, but don't give it away? Uh, can we say the tagline? We can... <laughs> okay, well, why don't we say it and then maybe we can edit it out. We'll chat after this. Okay. But like the tagline would be making freeways great again. Yeah. So <laughs> I love so it. It would be a fun way of interviewing really amazing people in from the backseat of a car on the 101 while you're sitting in traffic. Like I that's love such it. an that LA sucks. thing and it's horrible. Yes. So we want to make traffic fun. Yeah, I think um, we should keep it in there. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll make sure you're both comfortable with that. Yeah, and, no, the, totally. and the intention is again just to be able to tell those stories about yeah. people who are doing these these great things. Of course, highlighting highlighting people who are walking the walk and helping share their stories. Yeah, because at the end of the day, that's why we started Tribe. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I think that's to go back to when you said we were breaking up. I think that's kind of why it, that like is a little ping in our heart because it doesn't really necessarily feel like we're breaking up. Of course, yeah. some things will look different on the day to day, but um, like I, it's almost like it's living on in a different way. Yeah, and it's a graduation mm-hmm. for us to do what we really love, which is the entire reason why we even wanted to make this company in the beginning. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, I think the fact that you have the relationship that you have 
which is built on trust, which is built on this these regular check-ins, which is built on um, kind of an, an an earnest or a real desire to have the other person be doing what they should be doing, mm-hmm. living into yeah. their calling, um, I think is what's freed you guys up. Um, and yeah, so we can talk fair. more about that in the second half of how you would encourage people to do that or advise them. I want to get into really quickly before we transition. Mm-hmm. So what are your respective businesses? What are, what are they What are they going to be yes. when they grow up and what are they now? Yes. Um, so I am starting a um, fine jewelry line. So we're doing uh, wedding rings and then fine jewelry that you can wear every day. Um, it's called Bashma, which is my last name. And I am that just can a you minute. spell that real quick? Yes, uh, B O S C H M A. Awesome. And um, I'm really excited about it because so we're using uh, conflict-free man-made diamonds from the Diamond Foundry, which I believe is really like the next step um, in conflict-free diamonds. Um, just because you know 100% of the time that um, everything is good and no one was harmed. So for those of us who don't know what you just said, mm-hmm. so conflict-free, tell us there what the conflict is. Yes. If we didn't see Blood Diamond with Leonardo. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, which he actually, uh, oh, my gosh. That movie actually is what changed. Yeah, which I is, think it did for a lot of people. It changed so much. Changed the conversation. 100%. Yeah. Um, so what's great about these diamonds is they are um, sustainably grown from um, little slivers of diamonds. Mm-hmm. Like, so it just, the process kind of goes over and over. Um, so they're literally that well growing. No, they're literally growing. They're, they're literally created, growing them. They're put in an environment which forces them to literally grow. Grow, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant scientists from MIT have created this new technology that mimics um, what happens in nature. Um, over hundred thousands of years totally. actually um and speeds it up i think within like a month or so so and go back to the conflict so what is the conflict that is being avoided by using these diamonds um i mean there's a lot of conflicts uh so there's obviously exploitation okay um of work workers of workers okay. um you know as I hate to go really negative, but lives are lost over sure. diamonds. Um, and that's because they're put in precarious mining situations and they're just people who are um, having to make a day's wage and then there's people who are stealing from them and killing Correct. them. So Correct. it's killing lives them. lost on both ends. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also there's a lot of environmental effects that mines have on um, different environments and small villages and how villages are then affected. It's like the, so it's the a conflict thing. truly is. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to make oh, sure no, people no, no. understood with that. Matt. No, I really appreciate that. So um, my heart is really to change the demand for mined diamonds because especially now with the technology, it's really, it's not a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can still have a beautiful diamond that is GIA certified and it completely changes the demand for that entire industry. So that gets me really excited. Yeah. Um, and I also just want to change everything that's shady about the diamond industry because I think there's so much room for growth and so much room for bringing in light and truth and making it something that's really beautiful because, um, kind of part of what Annie and I always chatted about and why we love jewelry so much is that at its best, jewelry represents love and it symbolizes either a commitment to your partner or um, it's a piece that is passed on from generation to generation mm-hmm. after someone passes away or it's a gift of self-love to yourself just because. And I think that in its purest form, that's what it should be. So I, I believe that when you create it, love should be every like from throughout top and bottom through that's the through line in every bit of the process yeah. of making it that's yeah. cool so. that's cool and bashma is it bashma.com i love you thank you very much for asking <laughs> <laughs> it's uh bashma jewelry Okay. Bashmajewelry.com. And your yes. Instagram is alive and well. Instagram is up, yeah. Okay. And it's Bashma um, with two of those little under, is it underscores. Yeah, mm-hmm. two underscores. I have to – there's a lot of Bashmas in the world, well, so oh, I need really? to yeah. – We will make sure that it's in our notes. Oh, so great. That, okay. So all Thank of you the, so much. Yeah. If you search Bashma, it should it should okay. populate really, okay. really high awesome. on Instagram. So. Awesome. I yeah. want the jewelry or the, the turquoise piece that okay. I saw on there. Yeah. I love that piece. We need to chat about that. So, and, and what about you? Miss Annie, what's what's next for you? And um, what's next for me is Sonder Goods. Mm-hmm. What um, does Sonder mean? Sonder <laughs> is it is the realization that every random person that you interact with or walk by on the street has their own beautiful, complex, and vibrant story. Mm-hmm. And 
I just love that so much because I think that's where grace comes from and that's where like you see people's humanity um mm. and I think when we see people's humanity in the world that's when love happens and, that's when it. and it's yeah. just, it, it just snowballs from there so I just mm. I fell in love with the word and mm-hmm. named my company after it it <laughs> <That> works <laughs> um, but you can go to sonder-goods.com and put in your email and I will let you know when I launch. Okay. And that's going to be home goods and jewelry. It is. It's going to be a slightly higher end line of jewelry mm-hmm. and more statement pieces and a line of home goods. And um, a certain percentage of pro- of the profits will go towards building this artisan center in Mozambique. Yeah. yeah. Which is so cool because we went there as tribe and Project Rage. Yeah. Met these incredible people there who are building this artisan center. Um, and that's really just where my heart's at and what I'm so excited about helping to support and helping build. Mm-hmm. And then some of my home goods are actually going to come from that artisan center. That's so awesome. Good. That's awesome. Simple. We'll we'll get into more of the Project Rage story when we mm. do that separate podcast. But um, Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> just so, keeping you on your toes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So let's transition a little Uh, bit into kind of that advice, resources, tips, really informing the listener um, based on what you've learned and the experience and wisdom that you've collected along the way. And I think what's unique about your story in this particular podcast is we've never talked about, you know, people who are actually, I don't want to say going your separate ways, but who are Mm -hmm. ending the business for what it had been. And moving on to to something that's new in the in the best way, mm-hmm. um, but it's also the end of that business as you knew it. And so you guys had to have those difficult conversations. You had to navigate what do we do with inventory? Who owns the name? If there's any money in the bank, how do we split that up? If there's a you know a last minute order, do we decide to take mm-hmm. it or not? You had to develop some things around that. How do you or how would you advise somebody? Knowing that you had to anticipate or ha- had to navigate all that, how do you advise somebody in picking a partner um, from the from the front mm-hmm. end? Like, you guys have done it really well, but I will say, as somebody who sat in on lots of business divorces, sadly, I, I mean, I I'd say that somewhat tongue in cheek, but it's some of the most difficult conversations mm-hmm. I've ever been a part of, and um, usually there's a backstory of. Two months in, I knew there was a problem, you know, a little bit of, Hmm. uh, there was always that thorn and it just kept poking and poking and poking and finally I burst. What did you guys do to to protect that and how would you advise somebody as they pick a potential business partner? So finding a business partner truly is like being in a marriage and finding your husband or wife. Um, We deal with everything from conflict resolution to finances to like emotions and being each other's friend and running a business. So there's a lot of different parts to it. And one of the most important things for me and the, I think some of the best advice I can give is communication and keeping all of that super open. Like Jen and I, if there's anything wrong, if we're like frustrated or having a bad day or anything, we squash it immediately. And because we love each other too and we see the best in each other that's such a beautiful perspective to go into a a hard conversation or confronting somebody because then I can be like Jen that whoa like no don't Mm -hmm. do that um which by the way you've never never said said that (laughs) she's never said that once I don't know but But I like yeah you could you could and I would still love you and we still love each other because we we are friends first I would be so taken off guard I'd be like wow okay I really messed up hard no yeah Annie does give me a hard no every once in a while we've gotten like two do you actually say hard no yeah Uh she says hard no and I'm like okay "Okay, it's a no okay yeah Okay, so let, I'm going to push back on that just uh-huh. a little bit. Um, there are plenty of people. In fact, it usually starts with "We are such good friends." The business will never get in the way. It's we are yeah. like this takes priority, and then inevitably something mm. happens, and it's usually not any one person's fault, right? It's just things change, and mm. you have to accommodate for that. Just like in a marriage, going back to what you said earlier, what what would you say 
and I'll ask you, Jen, since Annie mm-hmm. asked, answered earlier, what would you say to somebody who said, we're great friends? Like, would you go, well, then great, everything should be fine. Or would you say, okay, but just make sure X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I almost, it's funny because I am, Annie is, is family. She's my sister at this point. Mm-hmm. But we weren't friends when we met. So mm-hmm. actually, if someone were to say we're great friends, I almost would pause. Um Interesting Again, to, okay. to answer to ask these questions of just like um, for us, I think why it worked and why it still is working is that our mission was always bigger than each of us alone. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, and that's what really the so, friendship was built on. In some yeah, ways. the friendship yeah. was built on like a similar vision of what we wanted to do and why we were doing it, and also like a deep trust and also. Um, how would you explain it? Like, I know at the core, Annie is such a good person that at her core, even if she said something that was offensive or even if she made a mistake, like her core, it wouldn't be a personal thing or it was, it wouldn't be something that was trying to like harm me or do something shady. Right. So I think in that instance, it makes everything so much easier because then when there is a problem or there is a mistake, you can have grace for it. You have grace. But and also no recognizing that like all of the mistakes that I've made, like, cause we both have made also. some really major mistakes, but like just keeping that also in, you know, perspective, perspective. like I've done this. So yeah. the interesting part for me in hearing that though, is one person can look at themselves as being very gracious or being able to extend that to another person, but maybe they don't think the other person deserves it. Or one person can say, I am very trustworthy, but the other person doesn't like, yeah, you're trustworthy, but I actually don't like the business decision you're making, or I disagree with you. So part of what I'm hearing when you say at the core, Mm -hmm. I, I trusted that person is... Okay, so we're in a studio, and they share it with an artist, Rachel Brown, and she's She's trying to walk across the studio. She's on her tippy toes. She's she's like an astronaut. Yeah, Um, she's like an astronaut, holding holding like a protein plate right now. It's all good. It It smells so good. good. If you guys could smell it, you would be like my stomach. If it it was hard for me to put my words together, I'm like, that smells so good. I think it's lunchtime. So, Uh, So I think it's really... Because you didn't, as you said, you didn't know that Annie, at her core, when you met her, was this person who was, who had your back and who, mm. yeah. and in a friendship, you might think you have that. But I think what, I, what I'm going, where I'm going is it, it's the, it's necessary for it to be mutual. A hundred percent. And I, because you can identify that's a great person and I trust that person, but are you actually the person who can reciprocate that and who can see totally. the faults in your own XYZ. And then also, do you want to be working alone? Do you want to have autonomy? Do you want to have freedom to call the shots, which is why you're going into your own thing? Mm -hmm. So I think it's being able to, are they a good person? Do we have the same vision? Uh, How do we want to work in the day to day? It's asking layers of those questions. But what I hear in your story is what worked for you guys is this, this mutual respect yeah. And trust that the other person has your back. Has your back. And I think you said it earlier when you said, assuming the best. Yeah. And I know how important that's been for me truly in a marriage. Like, assume the best. If if you don't assume the best, like, you're starting out fighting before you've even, mm-hmm. like, started to interact. You know, yeah. you're on the defensive immediately. Yeah. So you were saying that you would say to somebody, like, I don't know if you're friends. Like, that might bring some baggage a little bit. Totally. Yeah. I think it would be tricky. I think another thing that I would say is like being willing, because I think we both did this really well, like being willing to be the first person to either like say you're sorry or to make something better or to um, like take responsibility for your half first, Mm -hmm. um, I think was really helpful for us. Did you guys know that as people or did you have to navigate that as a team, as partners? Um, I mean, I think I just always wanted... I mean, personally, like, I just always wanted to be, I think good good businesses are, again, good all the way down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you're mm-hmm. kind to each other. You're a good business partner. Mm-hmm. You're, like, so I just always wanted to be someone that, like, Annie, I mean, it, it didn't always succeed, <laughs> but, like, I like I always wanted to be someone that Annie would want to do a business with. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say that oh, about. that's mm-hmm. cool. I think I, you could say that about a wife, too. You know, like, you always yeah. want to be someone that your partner wants to be married to. Yeah. So, 
I think, and I, Annie did a really great job of that too. I'm so, so yeah. you. Oh, thanks, like Red. You guys are hilarious. So, I love it. Yeah. And, so. and what would you say in terms of when the, your minds change? Mm, what, what, it's hard. is it just, yeah. it is both difficult and can be good for the company. And we talked about earlier, like it didn't need to be bad for it to be the right move to go your yeah. separate ways. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't, and maybe it's better to not wait until it's really bad. Right? Yeah, kind of I mean, end on a high note. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we were saying earlier, like, at least for me, one of my, the saddest things for me is I've spent every day for the last three years either talking to or seeing Jen. And so that part is sad for me. And that's me too. great that that's the sad part. Yeah. Sure. But I imagine in, the, in your independent businesses you guys will find ways to oh, absolutely. to to bring each other back in and so oh, totally. oh, we're already chatting like trying to figure out ways that we can collaborate together and That's cool. do things together and so let's talk about now what do you do with tribe of dreamers so somebody's listening mm-hmm. they're at a crossroads in their own business they maybe have done what you've done they've amassed a following there's a they've developed a brand there's something there that it's like i don't really want to let go of this we can benefit from this and we want to continue to convey what's most important to us, which is highlighting other people who are doing good things, right? Mm -hmm. And changing the world. So you guys figured that out. Mm -hmm. How would you advise somebody else to figure that out, to to sort of end on a high note and to break up in the best way Mm -hmm. and to, like, is it, what is it? Is it coming together and having a discussion about what could be um, how do you end well? I think yeah. that's kind of the moral of this story. Yeah. I think, like... We're still in it, too. Yeah, so it's we interesting are still in it. that, you yeah. know, we're still kind of figuring it out, to be honest. Um, but I think press pause. Like, yeah. give yourself some grace. Take a break. If you, if you have a business partner, and take, like, a weekend away and just, like, get some separation or just nothing has to be decided today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think so often, like, when we're in the midst of all of the everything's happening and there's so much traction and everything's moving and what do we do with everything, you feel like, I need to make a decision now. Yeah. But, like, we took we kept checking in with each other at least. And yeah. we're like, Let's, we need to think, we'll be like, like, this is a big deal. Let's think mm-hmm. about this. And um, and it's hard to sit, like, you can't sit here and say, like, well, if you're having issues, like, cut it, like, do what we did. Sure, it depends on the, the circumstances. What, what was best for what us. What was best yeah. for us. And I think what you said earlier was so great, Netta. When you said like keeping it loosely, yeah. yeah. So maybe it's creatively thinking: is is it time to pivot? Is it time like what does that look like mm-hmm. for each person? Yeah. And then, what are you going to do now with this following? What are you going to do now with the Tribe of Dreamers Instagram followers? You're going to do this video thing that we can't wait to, yes. to learn more about. <laughs> yes. But what about how will you use it or will you use it to grow your respective new audience? I mean, they're all going to want to know what you guys are doing. So there's a natural extension of, hey, what's Jen up to? What's Annie mm. up to? What do I do now? Um, is there an intention to kind of tell people what you're doing through Tribe or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we wanted to start with like a joint video of ourselves, like, kind of like a formal together. announcement. Yeah. yeah. Here's what's um, happened. Here's, yeah. Here's yeah. what's going on. Here's what we're really excited about. This is what Tribe is like uh, churning into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, you actually helped us with this, with like finding creative ways to, like you're saying, like use the platform in order to um, help our new passions mm-hmm. thrive. So um, I think we'll probably do some joint, uh, you know, Instagram posts that directs people mm-hmm. to our new things, and um, but still doing it in a way that keeps the heart of what we really want to be using Tribe for. That's so. awesome. I can't mm-hmm. wait yeah. to see what comes of that in terms of the uh, stories that you'll be able to tell and people that you'll be able to highlight that nobody knew about before mm-hmm. because you had built your own following through which, Tribe, like, which is really interesting. Maybe this is really cool. Like, if anyone's listening, if they want to send us an email or something. Oh, yeah. So oh, sure. where, where would they really send cool. that email? Um, so it's Annie and Jen at tribeofdreamers.co. Okay. 
Great. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. That's awesome. So very specifically, if they have an organization or something they do that's bettering, making the world a better place, Mm -hmm. they're doing what they love to end what they hate, then to send you. Talk to us. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. You're we'll welcome, see what ladies. happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens from awesome. that. Cool. And tell us that you listen to this video, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. that'd be okay. so fun. So, th- even though you're gonna do your own thing, there's some tools, some tips, some tricks you've learned uh, along the way in Tribe of Dreamers, and now you're gonna take them into your own businesses. Any websites, apps, mm-hmm. organizational mm-hmm. tools, anything that you want to pass on to our listeners. Absolutely. Um, Squarespace. Squarespace is amazing. Is amazing. Their templates are beautiful. They're not paying us to say this. We've always used them. Okay. <laughs> They're great. Uh, Trello is really good for organization. Say it one more time. Trello. Okay. Trello. Um, I'm not sure if anyone has mentioned that before, but... No, I like, don't think so. Jen I is a list them. person and like oh, yeah. has to get everything out. So Trello Otherwise, probably has like 20 lists. Oh, yeah. I go crazy if I don't write things down. It keeps everything super organized and you can check stuff off when it's done. And, and can she share it with you? Yeah. yeah we, okay. It's a joint, joint okay. account. Okay. And you can... Um, you can set it up for different users. So if you have like, um, like an admin, they only see certain boards. And, okay. You know, whatever someone else can see other boards. It's really awesome. Cool. Trello. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? As far as like resources. Um, well, let me ask you a question about how you guys work together. So is one person like in charge of X and the other person in charge of Z? Is that how you've been able to kind of, or do you collaborate on everything? Is it share? Is everything shared? Kind of a majority of, of okay. stuff, I would say, is we do together. Um, yeah. But we've we've definitely naturally gone and d- had like started our own roles. Um, and I remember a conversation we had in Swaziland mm-hmm. where, which this is also another great check in for people. Like we both said, like I love doing this, I hate doing this. I love doing this, I hate doing this. And this is where I feel like I'm gifted and I thrive and same. And so mm-hmm. it helps kind of define our roles a little bit more. Yeah, which we did that really late in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think that that would be, to go back to the previous question, that would be something that would be so beneficial if we had done that earlier. Mm-hmm. It just naturally happened that the things that Annie didn't really care for, I really loved and mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. But um, that it could have been really, it, it would have benefited us more to have that information earlier on. Yeah. To just independently have gone away, made a list of things that you love and don't love, and then have a glass of wine and share those 100%. things. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Any last tips or resources? Tips. Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think one of the things that has been really great and I think is kind of helping us to navigate through this time is that um, I really feel like Annie really cares about me as a person, mm-hmm. like beyond Tribe of Dreamers. And she really wants me to do what makes me happy. And I would 100% say the same about her. Mm-hmm. So if if there is at all a way that you could find that out with someone or help cultivate that with someone you're already partnering with to make it bigger than just selling whatever it is you're selling or doing whatever you're doing, I think that that could potentially make all the difference. Well, I liked what you said when you talked about a good business is good all the way through. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that kind of communication constantly, the checking in, the making sure that you're both on the same page and the focus is, you know, um, where it needs to be. And if it's not, have those conversations. Mm-hmm. It seems like committing to being a good business mm-hmm. um, and a good business owner is, is part of it. Would yeah. you have anything that you that would want to so say? so beautifully said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think along the lines of what Jen was saying about being happy and, and doing, like our whole thing is do what you love and what you hate. But, like, make sure you love what you do. Like, that's mm-hmm. such a huge – it it changes everything. I mean, we spend so much of our lives yeah. working sure. and doing these things. Sure. So just make sure you love it. Can I ask you a clarifying uh, question on that? Yes. Because I think some people, when they hear do what you love, they assume it means that you love what you do every day, every minute of the day. Oh. Versus – I love the big picture. I yeah. love what this is about. I love what we're changing. I love what we're influencing. So you're yeah. not saying that's maybe such I'm a good putting point. words. No, words that's in your such mouth, a good point. Okay. Day to day looks different all the time, and there are definitely off days, off weeks, um, frustrating times. It's not all roses all the time, of course, because it's life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is such a, a great point. Like 
take a step back, look at the bigger picture. Like we've had so many times where it's like, mm-hmm. look at what we're doing. Like let's kind of like take this out to a macro level mm-hmm. and like look at the big thing and why we're doing this. And that's such a good perspective yeah. shift. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, you guys have um, made this very somewhat sentimental and I'm going to ch- change it up a little bit. We have these um, six questions that we ask at the end of every interview. Ooh. It's called our quick six. Yes. Um, and I'll ask it and you can each answer. So do you prefer a nine to five or a flex schedule? Flex. hundred <laughs> percent. I had you a nine to five and it was you horrible. You asked these questions, right? Oh, or, or we, you oh should, yeah. yeah. Wait, can we just say it? At, can we yell them at the same yes. time? Yes, please yeah. do. Please do. Okay. okay. Mountain, vacation in the mountains or beach? Beach. Mountains. I Sorry, did, I did it before you. No, that's okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. I'm going to say mountains. Okay. Because okay. I live on a boat, so I get the yeah, water. Yeah, you do. Oh, you live on a boat. You're kind of over. Yeah. Okay, over rather it. work from home or office? Office. Office. Yeah. In, well, in this awesome studio. Mm-hmm. I get it. Would you rather work ooh, ooh. alone or with a team? Oh, <laughs> Both and. Yeah. Both okay. and. I don't want to work at all. Yeah. I would say I'm going to say team. I'm going to say team. And because even what we're doing, it still is with a team. Right. Like, neither of us are doing it 100% by ourselves. In fact, it seems like that's one of the biggest lessons from working alone Mm -hmm. to Tribe of Dreamers to now working alone again is that you guys are both sure to surround yourselves with people. Yeah. Um, Thai or Mexican food? (sighs) Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, you're hurting me. For you? You're hurting me. Can I answer for you? Yeah. I would say yours is Mexican. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Oh, what would you be? I'm going to say yours is Mexican, too. Yeah, I think so, too. We've had Mexican. Mexican! We, we, that's how we met. We met in a Mexican oh, restaurant. It has to be Mexican. It has to be Mexican. Then. It has to be Mexican. Yeah. I okay. just love your cheese enchiladas. Oh, I do. I love cheese enchiladas. <laughs> too much. Okay, you can't answer this together because okay. it'll be too noisy. Yeah, um, sorry. So the name of the podcast is Liberty Sessions. The name of the company is Liberty. And it's the idea of liberating women through entrepreneurship for them to really find their calling and lean into that. And it's not, you know, the for-profit necessarily entrepreneurship. It's just that entrepreneurial spirit. Like, what do you feel called to? And can you do what it takes to pursue that thing? So what does that mean to you? What does it mean to you to be liberated? To me, what it means to be liberated is to be, to have the, the confidence, the tools, and the freedom to do what, it, what your deepest soul yearns to do, and in so doing, to help someone else do the same. Mm. Amen. That's what I would say. Yeah. Amen. Wow. This is a really a good hard one. one. It's I know. good. I, I we had one woman answer. Want, yeah, what are the so, other answers? This well, I can't so tell you before she answers, I know, I but yeah, I will yeah, tell yeah. you the one that was funny. She said to be skiing. So you have oh, people who, for yeah. you know, for her as a mother, oh, probably yeah. was to it's be like independent, to be free, mm. to be perhaps cold. I don't know, yeah. but you know, for yeah. it's it's different. That's for everybody. so cool. Yeah. When I hear the word liberated, I do hear the word free, and. It's finding freedom however you feel freedom. Mm-hmm. It's, it could look like anything. It could look like starting a business. It could look like if what makes you feel free and alive is going on a hike, go on a hike. If you, what makes you feel free and alive is taking a trip somewhere, go take a trip or grab a glass of wine, like kind of whatever that means for you. Mm-hmm. It's, I think to me freedom feels like uh, kind of like self-care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Hmm. That's like making sure that like you're good. That's cool. We haven't had an answer like that. That's That's a good one. I like that. I think it speaks to whatever the person feels like is holding them back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it really really is a reflection on like what that, what I need to feel freedom from or what I want to feel freedom from. Yeah. No, that's a great way of looking at it. I think for a lot of women too, self-care doesn't feel like it's liberating. It feels like it's selfish. Mm. Right. Doesn't feel like no, but that is so liberating. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful, yeah. Annie. Yeah. Love yeah, that's cool. I love that. I love that you guys, thank you. Thanks for making the time to talk with me and all of the Liberty Session listeners. Um, thanks for telling your story. I think this story, because it's so different from so many of the other stories that we've heard about how women are thriving in their businesses, will inform those who are making a decision about going into a partnership or how to 
end nicely, end well mm-hmm. uh, partnership. So thanks for that example. It's Thank great you. to have you. Thank you, Nina. Yeah. You are such a gift. Thank you so much. Good to be with you guys. You so too. fun. All yeah. right, we're out, Beth Windham. <laughs> Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcast. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower.